Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I am Tina Marks, your host. Today's guest is the clinical director and co-founding partner at the Vantis Institute of Plastic Surgery in Newport Beach. She is certified in medical tattooing and cosmetic pigmentation. She also has a new procedure for those that are balding or losing their hair with no downtime at all. Up next, Jess Oslo. You don't want to miss this. Welcome, Jess. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How are you? Well, I'm great. And I'm so happy that you're here on the show. I've got a ton of questions for you. And um, let's just get right into it because we don't have that much time. Um, so, you know, before we get into what you do, which you uh, co-founded the Vantis Institute, and you are the clinical director and the founding partner, I, just a little bit of a backstory. How did you get interested in this field? Let's start off there. Yeah, um, well, my background, it is definitely a little bit interesting. Um, I did 11 years in plastic surgery. I did facial, full body. Um, my last office that I was at, um, I was there for about eight years. I was a surgical assistant. So uh, my doctor really liked how I was with my hands. I've always been into art. And um, he sent me to school to be certified for medical tattooing. Um, so I worked hand in hand with him. Um, basically, every single patient that had surgery, we sold it as a package that six to 12 months later that I would correct their scars. So any type of pigment, you know, blending that needed to be done, I would just conceal it. Um, in the world of plastics, everyone wanted invisible scarring. So um, what I did was very, a very small niche. Not a lot of people are aware that it even exists. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I know it exists because I have a friend of mine down here that does it for all the veterans, which I think is amazing. Oh, that is actually really nice. It um, is. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. She started that probably about 10 years ago, but you're right. Not a lot of people know that this is available. So that's great right there. Right. So you, you sold this as a pa uh, package. And um, so, yeah, because it's not just about, you know, permanent makeup. This is about helping with scars and, and making them less visible, correct? Correct. And yeah, I actually don't do any permanent makeup. So I do only scars. Uh, my specialty was, I mean, I did, you know, steroid injections, like if they were elevated, I would get them flat and then help with pigment. So I just basically would take anybody depending on if they were hyper or hypopigmented, and I would just create a uh, treatment plan for them of what I would recommend with the ultimate goal of actually adding some sort of pigment to blend it in with their skin tone. Um, so I did areolas, I did regular skin, faces, and basically over time, what happened is with facelifts, I started concealing hair um, up here instead of just skin tone. So um, I had played around with some stuff and then I had heard of something called SMP. Um, so it's not a medical tattoo. It's, it's basically just uh, for bald people. They were putting little dots on the head and it looked like hair. Um, so I was interested in it. and With, I, with ink? With ink, yes. Okay. Uh -huh. so the form of tattooing and you know since I was already doing scar camouflage and hair I was just interested not necessarily on bald people but I wanted to see if I could do that because I was doing a lot of people with hair or just thinning or you know had a scar but they weren't going to shave their head mm -hmm. uh, so I had an idea of what I was looking to accomplish so I wanted to get trained by the best person I could possibly get trained with so I flew out to England and I trained with the guy who actually invented the procedure um, oh. in 2002 so it was a really interesting experience. Um, I learned a lot. You know, I 
think I learned a good amount. However, what they do with SMP, it just didn't work for what I wanted to do. Um, what, what does SMP stand for? A scalp micropigmentation. So basically okay. it is just putting little dots on the head um, and it works for bald people. You know, it just looks like little new hair growth. Uh, yes. But they, they don't really understand like with hair, you have a lot of blood supply. With bald people, you don't have blood supply. So it's gonna accept pigment differently. Um, and their whole concept was that you always do everything on a gray scale, you know, so, cause everyone, if you shave your head, it always looks like some degree of gray. Um, but that doesn't necessarily work with like brunettes, redheads, blondes, you know, uh, I personally wouldn't want gray put in my head, right. uh, you know, as a female, if I had a right. scar that I was trying to cover up. So I think I learned a lot, but I ended up, um, going back home. I did a lot of experimenting, uh, you know, in the medical field we do on pig skin, Mm -hmm. uh, with the pigments and everything I learned with medical tattooing. And I created a procedure um, called VFR, which is follicle replication. And uh, the procedure I created is more specialized on people with hair who have thinning and just have some sort of scalp show. Uh, so it gives the illusion of thicker hair. Okay, so it's the illusion. So you're not actually adding hair, right? Nope. I'm not adding hair in the, you know, when I explain it to people, especially women, I'll usually reference microblading, you know, it's not real hair. It looks like you have really nice eyebrows though. Um, so it's all a technique and optical illusion. I see. Okay. So it doesn't actually fill it in. It, so this would not work with somebody missing a lot of hair because then it would be very obvious because you don't, first of all, as you said, this would be flush against your skin. There's nothing raised, right? So, I mean, that would be yeah, I, you'd be surprised though. So I do a lot of people who have a, like quite a bit of thinning in the whole crown region, but mm -hmm. then they pull up hair up here. Yes. Um, there's a blending technique I can do that actually does give it a three-dimensional appearance where it blends in with their hair. Yes. Now, you have, you know, the George Costanza look where you're fully bald on top and you have like the horseshoe going on. No, yeah. you're not a candidate. Um, yeah. But it, I, like, I do a lot of people with extremely thin hair where they look fairly bald and I, I can make it look dense. Um, there are certain cases I may tell them to adjust their hairstyle, like keep it a little shorter on the sides for to keep it looking natural. But um, yeah, I, pretty much if you're fully bald on top, no, you're not a candidate, but uh, I can do procedures on pretty thin hair. But if you do, yeah. Now, is it painful? Is there a downtime or... That's actually the best part about it. Um, you know, I'm not, not sure how much you know about the cosmetic space, but you know, non-surgical stuff is really taking over the market and replacing yes. surgery uh, because of downtime. We're in such a fast-paced culture, so mm -hmm. there's no downtime with the procedure. Um, you know, it is a lengthy procedure, so when they come in, you know, it, it, the actual procedure takes about five hours. So um, I'm very meticulous on it. Um, as far as pain, I do use prescription strength numbing. So it is a very comfortable procedure. You know, we do give you an oral sedation. So most people just sleep uh, through it. So oh, it's okay. a very comfortable process. So is it done with a needle? Obviously, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like the, it's a tattooing kind of procedure, correct? Yeah, I use a microneedling pen. Um, so it's very, very fine needles, you know, just to mimic the di diameter of a hair follicle. I have different hair cartridges. So depending on how thick or coarse the person's natural hair is, that's what I'm going to go off of and uh, try to match it to that. Okay. And then tell us now about the pigmentation that you do on, on people for to correct their pigmentation of their skin. Is that hyper and hypo or just one? Um, so technically for the tattooing, you want it to be hypo, um, so that, which means white. So there's hyper pigmentation, which is dark scarring, right. or 
white scarring. So I have a medical esthetician. If somebody, because this is very common, is when people have white scars with a little bit of brown on the edges of it. Um, so we do a basically a package deal. She comes in and does some peels and microneedling to lighten it. And then the second phase is adding the pigment now to blend it in and even it out. Okay. So, cause I'm noticing I'm getting it on my legs, the white spots. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I can really see it when I put my glasses on. It's like, you know, part of me goes, that's the grace of God by like having your eyes diminish as you get older. I mean, that's my theory anyway. <laughs> God does that. So we don't have to see ourselves so clearly. I mean, all of a sudden you put your glasses on, you're like, wow. Right. And then see, but I have the, uh, the darker spots on my face, but so something like that you could do on, on like the white spots on the leg and, and kind of blend that in a lot more. I mean, I literally, I, I have done, um, self-harm scars. I do white spots. I do white stretch marks. I do, I did this morning, areola repair from previous breast lift. Um, so I can kind of erase scars on those really almost any scar. They're, they're fun. You, you know, that's where you get artistic with it. You know, I spent 11 years looking at skin and different body parts and stuff. So um, it, it's a very easy procedure for me to do. You know, when people have darker pigment, it complicates things a little bit more. It's just an extra phase of the process. But okay. um, yeah, I mean, really anything that's pigment related, there, there's pretty much always a correction with it. Um, hypopigmentation is the easiest to correct though. If it's white spots, I mean, it's a no brainer. Right, and then, but the other, because most people I think use laser for the, the hyper, right? Yeah, so laser is really good for extracting out pigment. So it can take away pigment, but it cannot add. So the, if you get optimal results for laser, it's basically gonna turn the skin white. It'll never turn it skin tone because scar, scar tissue does not turn nude. It's gonna mm. turn white, red, or brown. So yeah. um, basically what laser is gonna do is extract color out of it. And then once it's white, you know, then you can come to me and I can always put some color and blend it with the surrounding areas. Okay, perfect, perfect. Okay, so you know, I read a story about you because you know this show is about transparency. It's about uh, paying it forward. And um, I tell us about this story. You know what story I'm talking about is when you you you're a kidney donor is what you are. So tell us about this story. Um, yeah, so I donated my kidney two years ago um, to somebody on Craigslist who was um, it's a stranger. He basically posted a plea you know, trying to get somebody to help him. Um, he was at 6% kidney functioning. So he was basically about to be taken off the list and be put into hospice because he, at a certain point they deem you too sick for surgery. Um, 29 years old and is there, you know, it's really interesting story. I got to know him pretty well through the process, but um, I actually always wanted to donate. I don't, I wish I could tell you why, but to me, I thought it was a really cool experience to be able to save somebody. Um, and so I ended up responding to his ad and six months later I donated a kidney to him and I stayed friends with him. So today he's healthy, you know, he's in remission from his Crohn's disease, which is really great. Um, That's I, yeah, I, I, I love the donation process. It was one of the coolest experiences I've ever got to experience in my life. Just seeing somebody who was on their deathbed essentially, and now is actually living life um, I actually enjoyed it so much that right before I started Vantis, I was starting the process to donate liver. So I put that on hold um, just until, you know, COVID, everything kind of hit. So um, hopefully in the next year or two, I'll go ahead and proceed with that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> You're going to donate your liver? You can't, how do you donate your liver? 
uh, our bodies are crazy machines, but your liver rejuvenates. So they're going to take- Well, you can't donate your whole liver. You can donate like part, I know your liver grows back, right? Yeah. And then, um, you know, the the process for being a living donor is very difficult, you know, because if you are average health, they're not going to let you donate because then you're going to be average and now you're- Compromise your health. Yeah. Yeah. So the actual process, and this is why so many people are on the wait list, and this is why I'd encourage more people to donate- it's not that no one wanted to donate. It's just they deny people left and right. You know, right. So if you're at any type of high risk that you may potentially need a kidney and you know your future or liver, they're not going to let you donate. So they disqualify people very easily. Um, but for liver, you know, I had a really easy recovery with kidney. I mean, I went and walked Alcatraz in San Francisco three days after surgery. You know, and I went backpacking three weeks after. So. For, I think how much reward I felt emotionally from doing it. I, I would like to experience that again, especially if I can change someone's life. You know, and, and I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this going, you know, your, 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 your profession is plastic surgery, which is all about, you know, making you look better. All right. So here you are voluntarily being cut open. Okay. Um, not, not only compromising, you know, God forbid, you know, you, you do have one lip, uh, a kidney left, but do you have a family? I mean, children or husband or any, I mean, do you ever think about, and, and if you don't, you probably will. And you thought, well, if, if something happens to somebody in my family, because I think most people would think that they, you know, yeah, it'd be a great idea, but what happens if I need it for somebody in my immediate family? Yeah. You know, and I, I've been asked that so many times and if you saw somebody freezing on the street and you had an extra jacket on you, you know, and you were like, well, I may run into a family who's cold later. So I don't want to give you the extra jacket. Like, you know, if you put it into a different perspective, it, I found, I just, to me personally, I found it selfish to hold on to something that I may never use and let someone else die for a hypothetical situation. And they do really extensive genetic testing to make sure that you don't have any family kidney disease, heart disease, diabetes, anything that could potentially make you at high risk. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of really cool programs. Like if you get kidney failure and I get kidney failure, you go to the bottom of the list. I'm going to the top because I was a donor. So I Oh, okay. That makes sense. I like to hear that. And that's news to me. I did not know that, but that's, that's, that's how it should be. That's the order it should be. So do you have a lot of scars from that? It's like a little C-section scar. I mean, it's, and then I have some laparoscopic ones. I scar really well though. So honestly, they're, you know, it's like if you get bit by a shark, as long as it's not in your face, it's kind of a, a cool battle wound. It has a cool story behind it. So I wear it proudly. I mean, wow. they don't wear me. Wow. I, I, you know, I really, I applaud you because I don't think a lot of people would do that. And, and this is one of the reasons that makes you so special and, and, you know, that, that's amazing. So, I mean, if you take that much pride in, in helping other, it's obvious that you love to help other people, which is, it sounds like that's why you love to do what you do, correct? I mean, you must get a lot of gratitude of, of, of helping people in this way too, whether it's through their hair or for their scars or, or whatever that, you know, whatever procedure yeah. you're doing. So I, you know, it's kind of weird. So there, there's such a stigma when you're coming from the world of plastic surgery, that it's such a vanity thing, you know, that you're dealing with all these people who are just super vain. And I, I don't view it like that. I think I've always liked helping people and I have a really hard time with seeing anybody suffering, you know? So the way I, I saw with plastic surgery, cause I, I worked a lot with men. Um, we specialize in gynecomastia, which was male breast reduction, people who had done steroids and a puffy nipple. And, you know, so, um, 
it wasn't necessarily a vanity thing. You see people who are suffering emotionally and if so, like, I know that you shouldn't care about looks that much, but when people do suffer in some way, it affects them. It affects their confidence, their dating. Absolutely. Their job. Absolutely. I mean, yep. Right now, this year, especially we're in the world of Zoom, how you look actually does matter now, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I think I, I just like seeing people and any type of suffering, if it's emotional, if it's physical, if it's health, if it's, you know, and even with the kidney, I, I know we're all going to die at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really afraid of death, but I really don't like suffering. I don't like seeing anybody suffering. And that's why I think, you know, even with hair or scars, I'm taking some sort of insecurity and I'm wiping it clean. You know, I'm not giving them something they never had. It's just, you know, don't sit there and fixate on something every day, Like, go be your best self and don't ever be insecure about something. You know? Well, exactly. Exactly. And you know, when you say we shouldn't care about our looks, I mean, you know what, it is part of us, right? And we, we talk about putting our best foot forward, feeling and, you know, looking our best makes us feel our best, right? So, you know, you can't disregard that, whether it's what you're putting in your mouth, your body, you know, what your clothes you're putting on, your skin, it, it all kind of goes together. Um, but I'm glad that we're having this conversation because when people hear plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery, it's always an elective surgery. Of course, this is still elective, but um, it goes even deeper than that, which leads me to my next question. It's like, I'm sure that you've probably come across a lot of people um, there's a show out there that I'm sure everybody's seen. It's called Botched, okay, <laughs> where plastic surgery gone wrong or wanting even more done and more done. You probably have come in contact with a lot of people that come in and ask for, uh, or maybe you're, maybe not you, but the other doctors in your in your facility that are asking for, you know this procedure, that procedure, or maybe a breast augmentation, that's their third one, or I mean, do you ever say no? Or do you, you know, have a guideline or a questionnaire for them to fill out to make sure that they're really doing it for the right reasons and not too excessive? Because excessive can be even worse, as we know. Oh, yeah. I actually used to have this conversation with people all the time, because I love everything cosmetic. But there is a line you have to draw. And if you go to someone who doesn't tell you no, that's where, this is where the stigma comes from. Your face is going to get frozen and you look weird. So I think there's a difference of trying to change yourself and optimize. Yes. So I'm more on the lines of, if you want to optimize yourself, if it's something that's out of your control, you know, you had a baby, your stomach is deflated, but you're in shape, mm. optimize it. Yeah, you can cut that out of your control. I think when people, you know, go overboard, pumping faces, doing stuff and, you know, it, I, it's a vicious cycle and I think you'll never be truly happy. And it also, it starts looking funny. So um, the nice thing about the only two things that we do here is it's really, it is optimizing. You know, it's like the hair is out of people's control. 85% of men lose their hair, you know, 40% of women start losing hair as well. Yes. Uh, you know, so it, that to me is, it's out of the control and it's an optimizing um, factor. And then, you know, a lot of times I'll recommend certain stuff for maintaining what they have after. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I view that aspect almost like I would telling someone that they should work out, you know, just keep yourself as the best that you could possibly be, um, right. you know, just for confidence and for scarring, you know, like I said, I have kidney scars. I never covered those. I wear them proudly. Um, but I've, you know, I have breast lift scars. I have actually done myself, you know, so I think if it's something that is an insecurity or anything that affects your psyche, then I think wipe it clean and, right. it. you know, so um, you definitely have to pick your battles. I, I think 
it is important to know what cosmetic procedures are okay and what is going too far. You know, I, I, I think it's easy to get lost in the rabbit hole for sure when you're in that industry. Exactly. Now, do you take insurance for, you know, the scarring or the hair or I mean, do, is that covered by insurance? It's not covered by insurance. No. Um, I don't, I have done a pro bono on the hair for, you know, a 22 year old who just couldn't afford it. And it was really beating him up, you know, balding ran in his family. And at his age, he felt like an outcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very rewarding for me. So I really didn't care about the money at that point. I don't know why that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, and I, I've done pro bono for self-harm scars, um, just people who wanted to kind right. of put behind them, but I don't do any insurance. Everything's uh, cash or we do finances with care credit. So what's next for you? What's your, what's your, your next dream? What's your next goal? Um, yeah, so we actually were in the works of doing an academy, a training academy. So obviously what I do is a very fine niche, you know, the procedure that I'm doing on people with hair, um, I, I think could be used very widely. I mean, it, you can literally go and get the procedure done before a big wedding event. Um, I, I'm not sure if you know what hair fibers are, but a huge majority of men wear hair fibers. Um, oh, what is that? Uh, I encourage you strongly to look up a video of it. It's crazy, but they're basically, it's a spray on. So when people are balding, it's a spray on. Yeah, it's like, it's, a, a str- it's like spray paint. It pretty much, yeah. And yes, it, yes, I have. Hair, well, what happens is it looks so dramatic, but it is very messy. So if they rub it like against a pillowcase, I will rub everywhere. I've had guys come in. I was surprised I was getting so many guys from the East Coast flying in. I mean, 70% of our patients are flying in for it, uh, which is insane. I never expected that to happen. Um, but, you know, they're afraid of the slightest bit of moisture because their hair fibers start running down their face. It's like a spray tan. It is. And, you know, once we start, <laughs> You know, if you, if for a girl, if you wear a push-up bra your whole life and you're really an A, you can't just take it off one day because everyone's going to be like, hey, what happened? I do. For a guy, I think there's a level of shame. So, you know, when I re- started realizing, you know, I've even got someone from Egypt. I got someone from Japan, you know, that um, since we're only in Newport Beach, I wanted to do a training academy because even though the bald head thing is great with S&P, there, it's a very small niche of guys who are willing to shave their head. You know, a lot of guys. Right. Yes. And, and honestly, a lot of men don't look as look well with a, a shaved head. Right. I mean, I think, I think a lot of men can look a little sickly. You know what I mean? So this is such a great alternative. And I hope nobody gets mad at me for saying that. You know, I'm just really friggin' honest. But um, so let me ask, is this patented? Yeah, so we're patent pending. We actually have um, something in the works too the next year that I unfortunately can't talk about, but it will be a really cool uh, release when we do. It's going to be um, a, something more medical um, that we do with the VFR, but we have that patent pending as well, which will be really exciting. Um, but we want to do an academy where I actually train girls. The because what I'm doing is a mix of the medical tattooing um, and creating the hair follicles, but it, it is a long training, so. We wanted to do a full academy where they do a four-week online course ahead of time. It's all virtual. And then the last week or two, they would actually fly out here. Um, we, we already have everything arranged with surf and sand. So it would be a almost just like a crash course, Tony Robbins style, long days. Like, yeah, um, it's like a weekend, or three days. Yeah. yeah, okay. But I want to get people in other states because I'm getting so many people traveling. And I know travel expenses are very high. And I, I'm surprised. Well, not to mention you can't fly overseas unless you've got like dual citizenship right now. Oh, yeah. Right now it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, 
And I, I literally, I've had been talking to people about, you know, because nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, right, even from the United States, so, so many East Coasters. So, um, you know, I think with all the hair transplants, everything going on, that is a great for aesthetic, but most guys hate the idea of surgery. Mm -hmm. And most guys don't have the patience that women do for like skin and laser, because there are stuff like PRP, there, it's stuff that's, you have to keep on going back, doing long-term and little differences. Guys are such a, I want results and I want it now. And then, so really, if you want aesthetic changes, there's only what we do or hair transplant surgery, you know? So right. uh, we're in a really good market. You know, we just need to get it out there a little bit more and train more people. But if they're going to carry our Vantus name, we have to be very picky. So we will be vetting people in order to let them in the academy. And so this is permanent. And once they have it done, they don't have to go back 10 years later or whatever. It's, it's, it's permanent. Permanent, yeah. Awesome. And you're located in Newport Beach. We are in the heart of Fashion Island. In Fashion Island. I used to live right, I used to live in Corona Del Mar. So um, what's the best way to get a hold of you? And you, you offer um, complimentary consultations, correct? Yep. We offer complimentary consultations. Um, so we do virtual consults for, since, as I mentioned, a lot of our patients are out of town. We do Zoom, FaceTime consults, or we are doing in-person consults as well. Okay. So you can, you can look at somebody on Zoom and, and tell just through Zoom whether they're a candidate or not. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very, very easy. And I also usually will do digital imaging on the patient as well, just so they get an idea of what they can expect. Okay. Uh, you know, which they don't see on the website, I usually will send them a lot of videos that I have that actually zoom in, like I'll part the hair, show people what it looks like up close, because one of the things with the topic users is they avoid water so much, and you have no idea how many guys come in just so that they can go to the Caribbean with their new girlfriend and not worry about their hair getting wet. And not worry about their hair getting wet. Well, the same thing is for a hair piece too, I think, you know, wind, water, it's not, it's, it's yeah, and hair piece is really, and that's kind of like, it's almost like a 90s thing, like, I've had so many guys immediately when they contact us asking what it is. They're like, I don't want a wig, you know? So I don't want a what? I don't want a wig. They're like, I don't want a hair piece. I don't want a wig. I yeah. Don't want yeah. Yeah. So, right. Um, what we offer is really, really unique. And that's why I want to get it out there more is, you know, there's obviously a problem. We know guys don't want surgery. We know they want results fast and it's very easy. No downtime. Awesome. So the best way to, is just go to your website, Vantis. Uh, we're going to put this in, in, in our show notes too. Vantisinstitute.com, right? And just ask for you. Yeah, they can ask uh, for me or my um, coordinator, office manager, Tab Tavanya. Um, she usually handles all my scheduling. Okay, but perfect. We all all right. Do you have any um, takeaways for our audience uh, in regards to, you know, any kind of health tips or any kind of plastic surgery tips or any, any tips at all. I always ask at the end of my show, any, any takeaways for the audience? You know, I honestly, the only takeaway I would just say is, you know, it, do whatever it takes to make you happy. You know, if you're happy with yourself, awesome, more power to you. If you, I, I believe everyone should optimize themselves to the best of their ability, whether that's health, like what you eat, your physical shape, you know, how you look, it's a competitive world we're in. So do whatever you can to optimize yourself. Just never go overboard, but there's nothing wrong with optimization. Right. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on. I'm going to be probably down your way next week. So I'm going to, how, how soon, how, how far ahead does somebody have to make an appointment with you at this point? 
Um, it does depend on schedule. I know my schedule, I think I have someone almost every day next week. Um, but if you wanted to stop by, just you can arrange it with Tavanya. I could always step out with the patient. Okay. Um, there are longer procedures, you know, um, and I work with an assistant as well. So yeah. I am sure she can uh, arrange for that. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. I uh, can't wait to meet you in person. And for everybody watching, that's the Vantis Institute in Newport Beach. And just uh, call and ask for Jess or her office manager. And we will see you next week. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you.